This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. The Cubby House is a show about two cub-identifying guys exploring the big and hairy issues in and around the bear community. This program is designed for a mature audience. It may contain adult themes, sex and drug references, and of course, coarse language. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to the Cubby House on the 25th of February. I'm Cookie. And I'm Kevin. And thank you very much once again to Amy for Kiss My Heart. I think, uh, Kevin, we're shouting you a few drinks one night for playing <laughs> those wonderful songs. I think we owe her many, many, many drinks by now. Yes, yes, indeed. Now, tonight on the show, we've got a few interesting things, uh, partially those that have been uh, happening over the last week or two. If you uh, want to catch up on some of those things, just tune in for the next hour because we're going to be bringing up a few things such as the Oscars and Queer Film Festival that's recently been done in Sydney. We'll also be tackling White Night in Melbourne, which was fantastic. I've got uh, one of my friends and uh, tonight's guest in, Christian, talking about uh, something in the kink corner, which we're going to have to wait until we get there to find out what that is. <laughs> I'm worried already. And um, I'll be going through some of the fantasy book releases for 2013 that I'm very much looking forward to. Now, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were sitting with Sonia from Sci-Fi and Scream. Yes. How much Hi, Sonia. How much of a geek out were you guys having while you were going <laughs> through those books? Very much, but you should have seen me. I was like a three-year-old getting so excited every time I saw a new book that had either ended a series that I've been waiting for for years or uh, was starting a new one. So, But more on that to come. Well, that kind of attitude is what prompted our question for tonight on the show. What special date do you have set in your calendar this year? Want to have your say on the Cubby House project? Contact us through Facebook at facebook.com slash the Cubby House. The Cubby House project on Joy 94.9. Our current guest in the studio, Christian, is a resident Sydney cider. And might I ask you first, sir, are you going to be going to the parade and listening to that song? Yes, I am. Excellent, excellent. Now, for those who don't remember and haven't got it in their calendars, like some of us probably will, what's the date of the parade? It is this Saturday. No, it's next Saturday coming. This Saturday coming. Cookie, if you ask that question, you better know the answer to it yourself. Uh, I don't know, because I'm not going this year. Cookie will look that up and bring it to you later on in the show. The only reason why I say that is because I'm going to chill out the weekend after Ah. in Dalesford. So there you go. But uh, welcome to the show, Christian. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for coming. Now, we're going to start this show. We usually do a rapid-fire question and ask you really personal questions. But we've gotten over that, so we're going to ask you a bit more challenging questions and actually put you through a quiz tonight. This is a quiz, and historically I always lose, so... Not necessarily. Not necessarily. (laughs) I've got this quiz this week, and it's called Street Roads. 
Oh, you're asking someone who doesn't drive. Cookie. Actually, no. Uh, no, they're a lot more complicated than I've spent a lot more time working All these right. out. The concept of this quiz is I'm going to play a song that has the name of a street in it. And you have to guess which street it is. And following that, there'll be a bonus question which either of you can answer. Yeah, I'm just going to lose. Just admit I'm going to lose, but continue. No, I reckon you might have a standing (laughs) chance here, Kevin. You know your music fairly well. So here's the first track and see if... uh, Buzz in or call out what the street name is when the song has finished. Kevin, you look like you're about to have a brain hemorrhage. I know who it is. I, I can't believe. I don't know. It's Abbey Road. Incorrect. Damn it. Christian. I'm at a complete loss with that one. Do you know who at least who it was? I'm going to show my age and go, absolutely not. They're actually uh, a lot more famous before you were probably even born. <laughs> it's the Beatles. And the song title is this one. Penny Lane by the Beatles. I'm going to hear about that when I get home. I'm sure you will. Now, the follow-up question to that is, as a teenager, Paul McCartney and John Lennon would meet at Penny Lane to catch a bus into the centre of town. In which English city would you find the original Penny Lane? Now, I'm expecting big things out of you, Kevin, considering you just oh, came no, back from your trip. Oh, no, fair. I'm going to go London. Incorrect. Uh, but it does start with an L. Lancaster. Incorrect. Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool it is. <laughs> One point for Christian there. All right, here's the next track. Sunset Boulevard. No, it's Santa Monica Boulevard. Oh, no, Boulevard. how about that? You are correct again, Christian. Oh, I'm giving up now. I just give up. You're getting I'm, there, though. I'm so Kevin. bad. <laughs> The question to that was, the boulevard runs through a few suburbs in LA, including which queer-centric suburb in LA? What's the queer-centric suburb of LA? It would probably be West Hollywood. You'd be correct again, or otherwise known as WeHo, for those who don't know the abbreviation. Um, Track number three. You probably will know this one, Kevin. Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Correct. It is the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Now, the question for that one, there's a painting titled Boulevard of Broken Dreams that features Humphrey Bogart, Marilyn Monroe, and James Dean sitting in a late-night diner. The actual parody is of what famous Edward Hopper painting? Blank stares all around here. No, sorry, I'm not even going to try and guess. No, no, and the answer was Nighthawks. And the final track for you, gentlemen, is this. I found God on the corner of... Corner of what? Oh my God, you guys are so... <laughs> <blind right laughs> now. I need more famous roads. This is. <laughs> um, I don't know. 
The Street? Not quite. I found God on the corner of First and Armistad, where the wind... Corner of First and Armistad. The question relating to that uh, is, for such a deeply in- intentional song, the interception is aptly refer- referenced. In which states does First and Armistad meet? And I'll give you a first hint. It's in the middle of a desert. Which state? Las in- Vegas? No. Nevada? Nevada, no. It's not that one. It's in a desert. Which state does First and Armistad meet? I'll give you another hint. It's near the border to where apparently the aliens live. It's Roswell. Okay, so New Mexico. Yeah. So close to that is... California? Let's say Texas. You are correct in Texas. In a town called Quesmodo. And just out of curiosity, do you know what Armistad is in Spanish? Loneliness? No. (laughs) No, I don't. It's... The word for friendship. Again, Kevin, I think you lost this one. Oh, I well and truly lost this one. Wow. Christian, you won that round. Congratulations. And we'll be back later on in the Cubby House to talk to you more about something we're not quite revealing yet, but it's in King Corner coming up. Amazing. Wonderful. Now, that voice you just heard, we'll get to in a sec. If you'd like to give us a <laughs> surprise, <laughs> yes. if you'd like to give us a, a buzz, we have uh, a question for you tonight. And uh, what special date do you have set in your calendar this year? You can get hold of us via SMS 0427 JOY949. You can email on air at joy.org.au or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter. Facebook is at facebook.com forward slash the cubby house. And Twitter, you can find us on the Cubby House Project, or hashtag CH Project. Now, in the studio tonight, we have originally asked Christian, who you heard in the quiz, to come in and discuss something that uh, I've known Christian for a while, I have to admit here, and uh, when I first met him, he was quite the slave boy, and uh, there's been a bit of a development over the, the few years, but the voice you just heard recently Strangely enough, another Christian <laughs> who we're going to be welcoming back after the Cubby House for the Vixen Hour. How are Hello. you? I'm fantastic. I How are just you? thought you'd uh, usurp our show. Just come in early, yeah, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm premature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too easy even for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I'll take a breather. We'll start again. It'll all be fine. Excellent. Wonderful. At so 11. <laughs> you've got a topic for us, though, Coffee, don't well, you? Yes, and I've known Christian. He got married a year or two. I did get married, yes. Yes, yes. Now, being a slave boy, I was always curious. Um, how does it work in, I'm assuming, a monogamous relationship? Am I correct in saying that your relationship... Is monogamous or is it something else? Uh, I think it's a little bit something else. My husband, who is also my sir, um, we have a monogamous relationship together. But it's one of those things we define our relationship that if we would like to enhance it in some way, if there's something that we both can't give each other or there's something that we'd like to explore that we believe would be beneficial by having someone else involved or something else involved, then that's something that we're open to. Okay. Um, so, again, this is a bit of a, a 
dichotomy in how I would perceive a BDSM relationship in terms of the broader community because one would ascertain from an outside perspective the BDSM community is more polyamorous centric. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you part? You see, yeah. How do you and yourself? Your, how do you and your partner <laughs> come eventually um, see yourself? Yeah, you know, within within that community. I think inside the community where we're two separate entities. We are a husband and a husband where we have a very monogamous, loving, caring relationship. And then on the flip side, we also have our dirtier, kinky side where he's my sir and I'm his boy or I'm his slave, however you'd like to call it. And in saying that, we have different relationships inside of that as well. So I am his boy, but I'm also his slave. I can also be other things to him as well. So in the BDSM community, we are seen as a master and a boy or a a slave and a sir that if people wish to assume that we're open or we like to play with other people or do things, they may see certain things that we do and have that assumption. But in saying that when we're outside of that community, like I said, we're a very committed, monogamous, loving, nurturing couple. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's um, that's quite often um, a perception or a misperception um, of people who are in sort of kink-based relationships is that your relationship is the same all the time. That's like, right. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's that's a really important point to say that, you know, it's not always the same. Um, but I, I'm wondering, what was what's the difference between, I guess, being married and not being married? if that's not a too controversial question. No, not at all. I think it's one of those things where I always wanted to find someone to settle down with and to be married to. Mm-hmm. And in saying that also, I wanted the whole hog. I changed my last name. I took my husband's last name. So we are officially a couple, I suppose. But we also travelled 14,000 kilometres. We went to Canada and we officially got married and we have a marriage licence and we invited family and friends to come and be with that moment with us. To us, it's something we both wanted to do. And I think being married is different to everybody. But to us, it cements our relationship and symbolizes something that's very unique and special to us. And that's why we wanted to do it. I'm probably also going to ask a bit of a controversial question here. But you define your relationship as husband and sir and Mm -hmm. partners and married. And you say that you bring other people into your relationship to be able to explore. Now... What role do emotions play in this exploration? Is there any concept of love to other partners or is it simply literally only the sex? It is only the sex. You have to look at, I suppose it's a misconception in the BDM and world that when, if you're a slave boy and you're getting used by a master or a top or a dominant or however you want to call them, that you are completely separated from them and you're there for their pleasure only And as a slave boy, you get the pleasure from being used by somebody else. So if we can't do something together or we want to enhance something that we've always wanted to do, bringing someone else in, it's like bringing in a tool. You're bringing in another thing or an entity to enhance an experience for you. So the emotional side of things and the human side of things really doesn't come into it. They're there just to serve a purpose, really. And does this emotional, I want to use the word disconnect, but it's not quite the word, does that help to eliminate jealousy? I think it's one of those things where I think any gay relationship has jealousy. 
But in saying that, gay people are also perceived as very promiscuous or we can walk down the street and as a monogamous couple, we can look at other people, we can say that they're sexy, we can say that we want to have sex with them, we can meet people from our past lives who we've also had sex with and still be friends with them. So jealousy can come into a relationship in any different way, but it's how you actually perceive it yourself and how you deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think jealousy is part of everyone's relationship. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It yeah. is. Everyone yeah. kind of, you know, puts up these rules of, oh, we don't have any jealousy because of this, 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 this and this. Yeah. And I was like, no. No. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it's a healthy part of everyone's relationship. So, you know, for I think if you don't have that sort of tension or you feel like, you know, you would, you know, there was something that you would lose your partner to, um, you're probably not as emotionally attached to your... And and that's a very big generalisation in itself as well. It can be, but in the same token, I see jealousy as sort of an outcropping of the amount of passion you have Mm. in your relationship. And it's a healthy outcropping of it. Mm. Having said that, you do still need to find ways of being able to process it healthily For sure. Mm. For sure. And and it's funny because... um, you know, Christian, hearing about your relationship, I, I'm, I'm someone who has, you know, um, who comes into contact with a lot of people who are in different types of relationship. Like, I'm a sex worker and I identify as being in a monogamous relationship and jealousy does play a big part in my relationship as well. So, And I have lots of friends who are, like, polyamorous and jealousy is, like, something they constantly deal with. So I think it's it's a normal part of a lot of different types of diverse relationships. Is And I think the we're lucky with my husband for the fact of we don't have an open relationship where Mm. I can sleep with other people and he sleeps with other people. We are in a relationship where we're monogamous to each other. If we do invite someone or something in to, as I said, enhance the experience that we're going to have, it's not because we've seen them in the street or we've known them before or we find them very attractive or one person's had sex with them before or so forth. It's not a a jealousy like that Mm. where see them for the first time we both like the way that they look they are here for one purpose only we've talked about it they're invited over and that's it you're showing a lot of really good traits of a very good relationship you're using wheeze there's a lot of good communication there's a lot of respect in that relationship that sounds amazing but i think that's what happens when you know you have a relationship that people haven't given you the rules for you have to sort of sort them out for yourself absolutely and i think with my sir it's not a case of being jealous i look at it that i'm very proud Mm. i'm very proud of him i'm very proud to be with him and when we're out in public in a bdsm community i'm very proud to be by his side or on my knees beside him so i look at it that if someone else comes in or if he likes someone um, in a club or a place that we are, I want to make him proud. Mm. I want to show that community and that person that he likes or someone that I like that I am going to serve him better. Ah, oh, listeners, see, that is romance right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Christian, for you know, delving into your relationship life. You're very yeah, welcome. Thanks for sharing. Yes. Now, uh, we'll be back in a few more minutes. Uh, to talk more about your experiences with the Sydney Film Festival, the Mardi Gras Film Festival. Yes, by Quiz Screen. Awesome. Now, thank you very much, Christian, from the Vixen Hour. I believe you've got a few more things to get ready for your show. Yes, I do. I have to go plan more. It's going to be an awesome show. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Stay tuned for that after the Cubby House. 
And uh, if you'd like to get hold of us, the number to get hold of is this one to answer this question. What special dates do you have set in your calendar? Want to have your say on The Cubby House Project? Contact us through Facebook at facebook.com slash The Cubby House. The Cubby House Project on Joy 94.9. And Kevin, I believe you went to a very special uh, event held in Melbourne this week. I did. Saturday 23rd of February was um, White Night Melbourne. Now, White Night Melbourne was inspired by the, and I'm going to try and pronounce this, Nuit Blanche International Event Network. Nuit Blanche, literally meaning White Night in French, is an annual all-night or nighttime arts festival. Now, typically museums, private and public art galleries and other cultural institutions open and are free of charge with the centre of the city itself being turned into a de facto art gallery, providing space for art installations, performances from music, film, dance, performing arts, themed social gatherings and other activities. Now, Melbourne this year put on some amazing events, but these are just a few of the highlights that I managed to actually see. So there were the Spheres of Love, which were giant glowing spheres floating on the Yarra River, radiating messages of love and devotion. Lovers, friends and admirers were able to text in their messages or picture messages, which were then displayed on the artwork for all to see. Wow. It was amazing. Uh, There was also Wonderland, which is bringing to life and evoking memories of grand illuminations and reimagined carnivals. The electric canvas transformed the Flinders streetscape into a magnificent fantasy land for all. Wonderland was one of the largest projection projection projects mounted in Australia, try and say that ten times fast, with installations running from Forum Theatre to St. Paul's Cathedral, including an animated piece at the Chapter House, which was brilliant. Absolutely amazing. Uh, there was also World Without Sun. Bering Ma became a space of intricately connected life forms, seemingly teetering on the brink of both oblivion and renewal. Derived from the title of Jacques Cousteau film documenting undersea life as explored from a bubble to house humans. World Without Sun paints a landscape of romantic sublime through the prism of an era hell-bent on destruction. From the depths of ocean to vast nebulas and intimate brain cells, the, wor- the work exposed the concept that the universe is made up of multiple subjective environments of which the human is but a single one. Ooh. It was actually brilliant. There were six huge uh, projection spheres or uh, round projection screens mm. and they were projecting all these different types of um, images onto them. And even the sound, like when we were walking into there, it was that deep thrumming sound. I think one of the ones I remember most was the volcano going off and it was literally as if the entire ground was shaking as well. It was brilliant. Uh, There was also Light Fantastic, uh, where we had the opportunity to explore the huge outdoor sculpture park featuring giant illuminated inflatable sculptures by some of Melbourne's leading artists. Mm. It was very, very Tim Burstonesque and very brilliant. Um, some of the other cities hosting White Nights in 2013 include Montreal in Canada on the 25th of February tonight, uh, Florence, Italy on the 30th of April, Tel Aviv, Israel on the 28th of June, Ottawa and Toronto in Canada both have theirs on the 29th of September, and Paris, France on the 6th of October. I just miss it. Uh, you can find out more information at uh, whitenightmelbourne.com.au. Now, Christian, I know you and I were having a quick discussion about this at dinner. Is this something you try and trip around the world to go and see if you could? Look, absolutely. I think it's one of those things where I love culture-based activities and to see a city come alive and have free things for the public and also the tourists and open up the galleries and things like that and see 
inspirational kind of pop-up art is something that I believe everyone should go and see. So to, to trip around the world and see a couple of cities, it would be amazing. Well, the actual event was absolutely packed. They were trying to aim for about 100,000. They got that by about 10.30. From what I heard, it sounded like as if they were getting more crowds than New Year's Eve. It was crazy. And the event was actually open from 7 p.m. till 7 a.m. So it went all night. Wow. So whitenightmelbourne.com.au for more information for the next one or for other cities that you might be interested in visiting. I mentioned before that we're going to talk about uh, you know the Mardi Gras Film Festival and, and on what better a day when the eve of the Oscars when we saw a visual meme born by Sandra Bullock, a gracious trip on the stairs by this year's best actress, uh, uh, best actress, yes, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, and even the first lady announced the winner of the best film. So, what else can we talk about? Mardi Gras Film Festival. Now, Christian, you recently went to it and it was put on by Queer Screens. How many movies did you see? I have seen four so far, mm-hmm. and it's still in the progress of going, and it finishes on the 28th of February. Okay. Now, you went to the opening film? With the we opening did night? go to the opening film, yes. Okay. Just before I get to that, how many other films, which made the most impact for you? I think to me there was a film called Out of the Dark. It premiered at the Toronto Gay Film Festival mm-hmm. uh, last year, 2012. And it was actually a replacement film for a film that they couldn't get classification for. And it was set in the Middle East between a love between a Palestinian boy and an Israeli boy. Um, The reason I liked it so much is it's a very kind of heart-wrenching, true-to-form film. It's one of those things where we, you know, sit in our lounge rooms and have this wonderful, you know, first world Western life. But this is a film that truly reflects the life of unfortunately what these gay men go through over there and the struggles they have and you know being with someone from another country can get them killed or get their family assassinated it's it was completely moving and emotional and it was one of the best films i've ever seen okay okay you mentioned that replaced one other film what was the story behind that they replaced another film that unfortunately couldn't... Well, when I say couldn't get classification here in Australia, it did get a classification, which unfortunately was an X rating. Mm-hmm. Um, so Queer Screen and the Mardi Gras Film Festival have been trying to get it classification exempt to be able to play it. Um, but unfortunately, they haven't. Um, but they do have a petition going for you to sign to hopefully get the film shown here. And unfortunately, it has been... Um, banned from being shown here at the Melbourne Queer Film Festival. Did they explain why they had put the X ban put on it? They did. The film is uh, about a guy that's leaving San Francisco because he's had enough of his life there. And the film is about his last 48 hours in a massive party that he has. Um, the scene that gave it its X rating is a eight minute sex montage scene of all of the relationships and all of the sex that he's had uh, virtually for his whole life. So unfortunately they believe that eight minutes of pure sex with no talking doesn't fit into the theme of the movie and it doesn't fit in with the story. Um, so they believe that it's pornography, so they gave it an X rating. On that basis alone i could understand it but i it, it's kind of sad because for some people particularly gay men um 
leaving a city can sometimes be reflective of the good times. And um, for some gay men, it is about the connections they've made um, while in that city. Absolutely. I think you're exactly right with that. The filmmaker has done a film that queer people do have a different life. Gay people have a different life. So when we move cities, if we've moved from a country town to a larger town or we've moved to Sydney, for example, the things we remember are maybe our work, our family, we remember our friends, but we also focus heavily also on the sexual encounters that we've had as well. So I think in context of this film, when you're leaving such a massive gay city such as San Francisco and the life that you've led and the memories you've got and the people that you've had sex with and had relationships with, that is something that's going to play in your mind and something that you're going to go through in your head. So I think it's quite relevant in the film for showing that he's leaving that city. Unfortunately, straight people haven't looked at it that way. Oh, there's so many commentaries on that. I mean, I would expect if someone was to look back on their entire life on moving cities, and I have done that several times, I haven't spent eight minutes which is a very short time, by the way, uh, thinking about all the sexual encounters I've had within that city, there's more, as a gay man, there's more to my life than just sex. I mean, it is a big part. Don't, well, it is a part, but there's more to my life than just sex. Look, absolutely, but I also think it's one of those things where when you hear a certain song, it takes you back to a time in your life where you could have lived or you could have been travelling. Um, it could be a friend that you had, it could be someone that's passed away. All of these things trigger certain things in your mind. And I know that when I think about certain people in holiday cities or places I've visited or, or friends that I've got in other cities, I think of those times. But if I've had sex with them, then I also think about that as well. So I think for me, it's quite relevant that I do do that. Wonderful. Thank you very much for bringing that up. And where can people go to sign the petition? Do you know? They can actually go to the Mardi Gras Film Festival to Queer Screen. They do have it on there. Um, like I said, unfortunately, it was banned in Sydney. It's also now being banned in Brisbane and also Melbourne. So we're hoping to get that classification as a non-classification and be able to see the film here. Um, the title of this, the movie, do you remember off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head, but I may be able to get it for you for quite quickly. Okay, we'll come back and we'll let you know. You're on the Cubby House Joy 94.9. Now, we've been asking a question for the show. What special date do you have set in your calendar? You can get hold of us via these means. Want to have your say on the Cubby House project? Contact us through Facebook at facebook.com slash the Cubby House. The Cubby House project on Joy 94.9. Now, Christian, you found the movie title that people might need to sign the petition for. I did. The film title is I Want Your Love. Okay. And you can find that on Queer, uh, Queer Screen? Queer Screen. Okay. Thank you very much. And here on The Cubby House, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. I think he's had a uh, geek orgasm on multiple oh, levels earlier don't, today. don't. Dirty it up with your filthy little... Oh, please. No. You, were, you were squealing like a little kid. I was bouncing around like a kid, and I practically still am. Okay, so there are many fantasy books published every year, but some more than others. 2013 is already shaping up to be an amazing year for fantasy readers. Jordan, Sanderson, Feist, Hobb, and Gaiman are just a few of the, that will release books this year. So I've gone through the ones that have been confirmed, and I've got a few to bring out. So obviously the big one is Memory of Light by Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson. Um, has like most likely been the most anticipated book of 2013 and has 
been finally released on January 8th. This is the last and final book of the Wheel of Time series, and it has been a long time coming, with the original story published in January 15th, 1990. <gasps> Those who groan about the extension of the series into its 14th book need not to worry. Sanderson worked on it furiously and has been able to come out rather speedily, and now the final time has been released and the story will end. I know of a few other stories that have been going for longer, but they're from... Well. The next one is The Daylight War by Peter V. Brett, book three of The Demon Cycle. With the warded man in the desert spear, Brett surged to the front ranks of contemporary fantasy, standing alongside giants in the field such as George R. R. Martin and Terry Brooks. The Daylight War, the eagerly anticipated third volume in Brett's international best-selling Demon Cycle, continues the epic tale of humanity's last stand against an army of demons that rise each night to prey on mankind. Published on February 12th, 2013, I'll be going out and getting a ha- my hands on a copy of this book as soon as possible. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Next, Blood of Dragons by Robin Hobb. Hobbin, Hobb's new entry in the Dragon Keeper series, a series so far that has more in common with the Live Ship Trader series in tone and feel than her first Fifth Chivalry series. Typically Hobb with complete characters with plenty of conflict between them. Fantasy of sorry, fans of dragons will love the series as Hob adds the dragons as living, breathing characters with motivations and speech of their own. Um, now that will be released on April 9th, two thousand and thirteen. So far, and I am a big fan of Hob. I really, really like her writing. Next. The Arithmetist by Brandon Sanderson. More than anything, uh, Joel wants to be a Arithmetist. Chosen by the Masters in a mysterious inception ceremony, Arithmetists have the powers to infuse life into two-dimensional figures known as Chalklings. Arithmetists are humanity's only defense against wild Chalklings, merciless creatures that leave mangled corpses in their wake. And I'm actually just trying to think of something that's called Chalkling leaving mangled bodies but okay um having nearly overrun the territory of newbrask the wild chalklings now threaten all of the american isles release date is may 14th 2013 uh brandon sanderson is also the writer who finished the robert jordan series and he has a few very good series to his name mm-hmm. uh wrapping up quickly we've got magician's end which is book three in the chaos war saga by raymond e feist that will be i believe the final volume in the epic rift war cycle which i started reading when i was about 11 and i'm not going to do the arithmetics for you now may 14th 2013 you'll be able to get that one uh neil gaiman will also be releasing another book the ocean at the end of the lane Brilliant, imaginative, and poignant fairy tale from the modern master of wonder and terror. The Ocean at the End of the Lane is Neil Gaiman's first new novel for adults since his number one New York Times bestseller, Anansi Boys. The bewitching and harrowing tale of mystery and survival, the memory, the magic, makes the impossible all too real. And that will be released in June 18th, 2013. Now, for more information on these books and others, um, that will be released later on in the year, you can visit bestfantasybooks.com. Now, quickly, Kevin, out of all the books that you've just mentioned, which series would you like to see on screen? Oh, no, really? Um, I, I've always loved to do these things on screen, but which would you like to see? I would probably want The Demon Cycle by Peter V. Brett. Okay, wonderful. I love the storyline. Thank you very much. And on the Cubby House for a few more minutes here on Joy 94.9, we'd like to thank 
Christian from uh, the Vixenau who will be with us shortly. Very shortly. Very shortly. But also, thank you to Christian who's been in this show the whole... (laughs) (laughs) Christian Squared. (laughs) It's a Christian Squared show tonight. (gasps) I missed the basic line. I was in a Christian sandwich. Oh, no, no, you did it. (laughs) Oh, God, we went there. We went there. Now, we've been shouting out for the question, what special day do you have set in your calendar this year? Actually, nobody likes us enough to tell us. That's okay. Obviously, all their special dates must be very private. Yes, yes. Like, well, mine, I'm not going to tell you the date, but it is the event, my 30th birthday. And what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to my first anniversary with my husband. Oh. Kevin? I'm going back overseas to Europe. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be gone for September. We'll be able yeah. to see... I, I, I believe we're not going to Paris this year, which is very good because I didn't enjoy Paris when we were there last time. You've been there. You've done that. Move on. Yeah, something like that. But I'm looking to see. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Prague in autumn. Oh, okay. Could be interesting. Could be interesting. We have, however, had a response. Have we? Oh, okay. We have from Nathan. Right back at the beginning of the show, when you <laughs> went and then tweeted how you got a Cheryl Crow question wrong. Yes. Apparently, if you go to trivia more often you might get some more right thank you nathan thanks nath great support there yes nathan hosts uh, the weakest twink and it's a cock out at uh, your local bars and venues yes. around town now christian as always we have one last question for our guests and despite the fact that we posed this question to you earlier and you said it all depends what time of your life you <laughs> ask this question for now for this time in your life right now we want to know What's your one most important piece of sex advice you'd give your virgin self? I would have to say start earlier. It's one of those things where I've had quite an adventurous life, but I also think that the adventure started a little bit too late. So if I was a little bit more confident, you know you want it, it's in you, just find it and do it find someone that can help you through it or just jump in with both feet and do it okay absolutely wonderful thank you very much you're very welcome thank you for joining us on your trip down from sydney this week thank you very much for having me excellent and sparky managed to just get a comment in on time Sparky, very lucky he says he's looking forward to moving to a new job oh Oh, we wish you luck, Sparky. Yes, wish you the best of luck on that one. Now, a quick uh, program note for us here at the Cubby House. For those who have missed our website, we have got the website reissued, but we are now building a new website for you to have a look at in time. So, All very new and shiny. Keep the bookmark, thecubbyhouse.net.au, in your uh, favourites. We will be back with a new website coming very, very soon. In the meantime, you can still catch us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Cubby House and on Twitter at The Cubby House Project with the hashtag CHProject. We're just The Cubby House on Twitter. Oh, just The Cubby House. Then. Just The Cubby House. Fine, Cubby House then. So be it, so be it. And uh, again, we're still looking at uh, podcast means to get that back up and running. But until then, I'm Cookie. And I'm Kevin. And you can join Christian with... The Vixen Hour coming up next here on Joy 94.9.
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.